You are listening to the Simple Self-Care Podcast by Naturally Randy Kay, a show dedicated to taking good care through connecting with the natural rhythms of the seasons and your own inner wisdom. I created this podcast to show you that self-care is more than a buzzword and a good intention. It's a vital tool for your healing journey that can fit beautifully into your everyday life. Join me as we explore the nature within and remind ourselves that we are our wisest healer. Today's podcast is sponsored by me, again, and my simple self-care masterclass. Did you know that I have an entire online course dedicated to creating a simple and effective self-care practice? Probably not, because I don't talk about it that much. Why? I don't know. Sometimes it's weird talking about the products you make. Um, but I'm working through that because I am proud of this little course and I think it can really be of service to you. Do you find yourself frustrated with finding the time and space at home to properly care for yourself? Do you feel overwhelmed with even just the idea of self-care and have no idea where to start? Do you wish that you just had some bit of structure to guide you along and give you ideas and insights on how to bring self-care into every area of life? Well, if that sounds like you, then you are in luck because you are exactly who I created this course for. There are seven short and sweet chapters that cover self-care 101, how to tune into your own needs, how to work through holdups, how to make an actual space for self-care no matter where you are, and we also cover some basic and very effective go-to practices like breath work and meditation, journaling, and therapeutic movement. The course also comes with journaling prompts, instructional videos, and audio meditations. And we cover topics like how to get over the guilt of taking care of yourself and how to create habits that actually stick. It really is everything you need to get started with all things self-care and to refresh your current practices. So you can learn more and sign up over at naturallyrandyk.com slash masterclass. That's naturally R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y dot com slash masterclass. And I've got a special $20 off discount code for podcast listeners. Just enter in podcast friend, all lowercase, at checkout. Okay, on to today's guest. Joshua Becker is someone I've been a fan of for a while. He is the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of his most recent book, The Minimalist Home, which is awesome. (laughs) And he's also written The More of Less, Clutter-Free with Kids, and Simplify. He's also the co-creator of Simplify Media, the parent company of Simplify Magazine, and Simple Money Magazine. He's also the founder and editor of Becoming Minimalist, which is an awesome website dedicated to intentional living. That website was named one of the top 10 personal development websites on the internet, by Success Magazine. So basically, Joshua is kind of a big deal, and I'm so happy he agreed to come on the podcast. And I thought with the first official week of spring, this would be a perfect time 
to share this conversation with Joshua about all things decluttering since we are starting to catch that spring cleaning fever. So take a listen as we talk about how to simplify as a family and how that can bond you together. What to do when simplifying gets hard and emotional, how decluttering can help make space for things that really matter, like your faith and connection with other humans, and so much more. Enjoy. I started minimizing my possessions 10 and a half years ago. I uh, uh, didn't start out this way, grew up pretty squarely in the middle class, I, I used to say. Um, never had to miss a meal, but was never eating at the fanciest restaurants either. So, um, so right there in the middle. Um, when I, uh, when I got married and started having my own family, I think I just lived the life that I assumed everyone in America was living. Uh, pay increases meant a bigger house and more and more stuff. Um, my 10 and a half years ago, my son was five and my daughter was two. And uh, we woke up, we were living in Vermont and we just woke up to do our regular spring cleaning. It was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I went out to clean the garage, uh, assuming my five-year-old son would want to help me with the project, which of course he didn't. Mm-hmm. So he went to the backyard to play and I started working on the garage and one thing led to another. And hours later, I was I was still working on the, the garage. Um, my neighbor happened to be doing all of her yard work. Uh, we struck up a conversation. I was complaining a little bit about how much time and effort had gone into my project and she said, you know, that's why my daughter is a minimalist. She keeps telling me I don't need to own all this stuff. And I looked at my driveway and here's this pile of dirty, dusty possessions I spent all morning taking care of. Out of the corner of my eye, I see my five-year-old son swinging alone on the swing set in the backyard where he'd been all morning and suddenly had this realization that not only was everything I owned not making me happy, which I think most of us would say. But worse than that, I noticed how everything I owned was actually taking me away from the very thing that did bring me happiness in life. Um, And not just happiness, but purpose and fulfillment and joy. And I think this is a very different realization, Um, not just our possessions aren't making us happy, but our possessions might actually be taking us away from happiness and away from the life we wish we were living instead. Uh, That was the foundation for me to begin minimizing possessions and getting rid of the stuff that I didn't need so I could start focusing on the things that I actually wanted to focus upon. So when you, when you had that moment, did it all like, was it just this big aha moment that then helped you like you were never the same after that, or was it kind of like bit by bit as you were clearing things out and noticing things the next day, the next week, like how did that evolve? Um, that is a good question. I, probably it, it was a, it was a both. Uh, I mean, it was a light bulb aha moment. I, I never thought of possessions in this way before. And um, never went back on what I had suddenly realized and and noticed. 
But that being said, how this was actually going to play itself out in my home and in my family and in my life, um, I had had no idea what that was going to look like. I probably didn't know what I was getting myself into in terms of what emotions were going to come up and what decisions were going to have to be made. Um, so that was different. I started the the website becomingminimalist.com that weekend uh, just as a place to journal and be like an online diary for what I was learning and getting rid of and keeping. And so this became a place where I had this outlet uh, where I could write what I was noticing. And I, like, I think, I think just me and my mom were reading it at first, like, like no one else was really reading. Uh, no one else is really reading it, but um, certainly I can look back there and, and notice, oh, here was the day I noticed this and I noticed that. Um, and I think the more I thought about it and wrote about it, the more resolved I became to live it out in my life. So yes, it was, so it was both like, it was mm-hmm. an aha moment, but certainly um, gradually you're, you're learning things and noticing things along the way. You would, you would have the same story, correct? Or different? Oh, for my own journey? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it was. I think any kind of change and and shift it it is both for sure because you start to see something different but you're still who you've always been. And so it's this like I like the analogy of like the springtime um where like you kind of get this warmer weather but then like a storm comes and you're like still in it but then you know you like more and more starts to get more and more you and and the change now becomes normal into another season and I think for me with my own journey it was after um well I was going through a divorce and we had this townhouse we had acquired of all the stuff because we were graduated from college and now we were gonna move into this next phase of our life and get grown-up furniture like not from the thrift store and like all this stuff and then it was shortly after that that uh, we ended things, and then all of a sudden, I was stuck with all this stuff that now meant nothing. And and then I moved. So then I sold it and moved back to Fargo. I was living out west, and um, and I just lived in a studio apartment with like a air mattress and a lamp. And it was like, this is I'm much more happier now. It was, it was very strange, and so it it was kind of but I didn't have any verbiage for it. I didn't think, Oh, I'm becoming this minimalist now. It was just like this revelation of like, ah, my priorities were like way off. (laughs) And that didn't, that didn't necessarily mean security or love or stability. It, it really kind of was covering all that up. So it wasn't until I became friends with um, Josh Milburn and um, Colin Wright. I met them randomly and they had all this verbiage for, what I was learning. And so, yeah, it became that kind of like, now I could use that, those terms in a more direct way of what I was learning. So I guess that's the long answer to your question for me, (laughs) but I've, I've never really shared that on this podcast actually. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely, a an evolution and there's so many factors and I think it's, it's different for everybody. It's, some could be a major thing and another, it could be like, oh, 
there's my son over there playing and I'm not with him, <laughs> you know, but whatever it is, it's like, I think it's really says a lot about you that you would take that opportunity to like that weekend, write a blog about it and like have it become a major change for you. Is that kind of your personality to just like find something and then go all out with it? Um, that is a good question. Um, I would say, uh, can I answer all of your questions? Yes and no. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I am certainly the type of person who, when I hear something and I like it, then I'm certainly all in. Uh, I probably, um, like like fewer things than most people. I, I guess so I'm, I kind of live in this internet entrepreneurial world and, um, you know, with bloggers and writers and people starting this and doing that and creatives. And like, as soon as they have an idea, they, they run at it and they run towards it. Um, like they don't even finish their first idea. As soon as they have <laughs> another one, they, they run to it. And I've, I've never been that way. Um, I, I always forget the source of the quote, probably Benjamin Franklin, because he gets he gets all the quotes sourced to him. <laughs> someone, someone pretty well known, uh, yeah. some genius of some sort. He once said that he uh, he doesn't carry a piece of paper with him because uh, someone asked him, "Do you write down you know every idea? You carry a notepad so you can write down ideas?" And he uh, he says, "No, I don't carry anything around with me because I have discovered that most." of my ideas aren't very good ones. That's probably how I live. Uh, most things that come across my plate and come into my mind, I'm, I'm not so interested in. But when there's an idea that comes and I wake up the next morning and I'm still excited about it, then uh, I, do tend to, I do tend to jump right in. But uh, even minimizing wasn't, like I was in the first time I heard the conversation, but it wasn't a weekend job. I mean, it took us nine months to, to go through the home. We even moved to a smaller house three or four years later and got rid of even more stuff after that move. And so uh, it wasn't something where there are some people who rent the dumpster and throw everything away in one weekend. And I've, I've certainly never been that type of personality, especially with a family of four. It's even more difficult. But, um, but uh, so is that my personality? I guess if I really like an idea, I, I tend to get pretty excited about it and, and uh, jump in. I just don't like nearly as many ideas as most people do. How about that? <laughs> That's a good answer. I like it. <laughs> um, so how did your family respond? Well, um, that very Saturday, my wife was cleaning the inside of the house the entire time I'd been cleaning the outside of the house. Uh, Alexa was two at the time, and so tugging on her pant leg the whole time. And so when I came in and said, hey, you'll never guess what June said. She said we can get rid of all this stuff. Uh, she was she was on board. Um, she she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to spend another day like like I just spent today. So um, she was on board, if, but less of an extent than me. Uh, if I want to get rid of 80% of our stuff, she maybe wanted to get rid of 50% of our stuff. And so um, certainly a bit of a uh, difference into how it was actually going to play itself out uh, on, a, on a daily basis. But I was, 
I was the one pushing it. I was the one, let's do this room and let's get rid of this stuff. And what if this pile can you get rid of? I usually find that tends to be the case in most relationships. One person tends to be the one, you know, really pushing, uh, really pushing the idea. And I also find that my experience is similar to most. There are a small percentage of people where the other partner like really doesn't want to get rid of anything and doesn't want um, the, you know, the one person, the individual to get rid of anything. Like there's a few people that are on that scale, but for the most part, they can kind of agree on the need to own less stuff, just what that actually looks like and to what degree um, that's played out in the home tends to be the, the most common response and situation I, I see in families. Do you have any suggestions on how to, I guess, compromise or join your styles and desires of getting rid of things? Yeah, um, I tend to say uh, three things um, that you, uh, this requires the, the right time, the right timing, the right words, and the right attitude is is how I've begun to summarize it. So the right timing is if one person is being drawn to minimalism or to owning less, the wrong first step is to make your spouse get rid of all of their things first. Um, you know, everyone, everyone else sees everyone else's clutter easier than it is to see your own. And so like, you've got to do your own work first, do your own clothes and your own rooms and your own hobbies and get rid of your own things first uh, before you expect your partner to start getting rid of some of theirs. I just think that that's, uh, I think that's fair that, that you would take the step first and that you wouldn't expect them to do anything that you haven't done already. Um, and then we use the right words. Um, we uh, approach this conversation the right way. Uh, mostly conversations about clutter and stuff tend to be uh, from a, a point of frustration, right? We can't close the closet. We can't find the item that we need. Like we're just sick and tired of cleaning and all the stuff. And so we like yell out and we get upset. And this is when we, you know, I wish you didn't have so much stuff. <laughs> um, that's not the right time to have the, you know, <laughs> the right way to have the conversation, but right. you know, for dinner and um, talk about your life and what you want to do. Uh, think of what would draw them to owning less. So your reason for wanting to own less and what you would like to be doing with your life instead might be different than why they would be drawn to own less. So think through, like, what are they passionate about? What do they love? What do they like doing? Would owning less allow them to do more of that? then that's how you approach the conversation. I've been thinking, you know, if we, you know, stop buying some of these things over here, you could go do more of that. Or we as a family could do more of this. Wouldn't that be great? Um, so the right timing, the right words. And then I end with, um, with the right attitude um, that, uh, that we always approach this with patience and love and humility. Um, that, uh, that we, uh, we realize that, that this is the change that we're 
making in our life, but it might not be the change that they're making in their life. But just because they're not trying to minimizing doesn't mean, you know, they're not developing somehow in their life as well. And they're not becoming a better person. It just might be in a different way than you want them to becoming a different person. Um, so give them, give them time, humility, you know, you're, no one's perfect, uh, in a relationship. And so, you know, there's probably some things that they wish they could change about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how, you know, how's that going? Uh, I think keeping that, uh, keeping that in mind and then, and then love, I think is always the hope. I, I, I would hope that, that minimalism, um, minimizing would, would draw people together uh, as opposed to tear them apart. If, uh, if your passion to own less is ruining your relationships, then, then you're not doing it right because it should be drawing you closer to people and making the things that are important to you um, elevate in your life as opposed to um, being pushed down. So that was a long answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. One thing I, I really enjoy about your latest book is that you have these great how-tos and you know tangible checklists and all these things people can do for each room in each area but you always bring it back to the the underlying purpose of why to do that like what is the actual purpose of having your stuff out of this specific room what's the purpose of your bedroom what's the purpose of your living room you know and it's like when you talk about those possibilities, it's like, well, duh, (laughs) like, of course we'd want to get rid of all this stuff so I can be more intimate with my partner or connect with my children or like all of this stuff. And I just, um, I think we get too caught up in like, do I need the spatula? You know, (laughs) like all this like nitty gritty stuff, but really when you can get a bird's eye view and zoom out and realize what it's actually about, um, it makes the process a lot easier. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the minimalist home is a very, uh, purpose-based book. Um, you know, what, I think it, I mean, it even begins with like, what is, what is the purpose of your life? Like, what do you want to accomplish with your life and what do you want your life to look like? And then, um, what does the role of home play in that like what is the purpose of home in the first place um and then it it, you know dives down into each individual room and what is the purpose of this room and and what do i need to keep in order to accomplish it which which really goes back to my whole like my whole philosophy concerning minimalism the the goal of minimalism isn't to own the fewest amount of things possible the goal of minimalism is to own just the right amount of things so that you can live your best life, uh, so that you can live the life that you want to live, not the life that advertisers and marketers and society are telling you that you uh, that you should be living. Um, it's really the minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things we most value by removing anything and everything that that distracts us from it. Um, which has always been my kind of my guiding principle concerning, uh, concerning owning less. And, uh, and so then when I started to think of like a home and so how do you begin working your way through, through your home and through the different rooms in your home, it starts with knowing 
what do I want to do with my life? And what do I want to be? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to become? Um, and even if we don't have like the specific answers to those questions, generally, like we have a general idea, like we, like we have a general idea of what we want to do and what we would like to be and accomplish. And we begin, you know, at least moving in that direction and uh, maybe adjust along the way, but certainly I don't think anyone's goal in life is to just own as much junk or as clutter as, as they possibly can. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's not what anyone's goal is um, in life. What I find interesting about the minimalism process and even like watching TV shows or whatever, where you're decluttering or organizing or whatever, and you can see people's people soften in the process, even the most unlikely person will get choked up when they're reminded of what really matters. And I see this a lot with the body work that I do with clients. And when I'm helping people heal their pain, it's like they come in and they're guarded and they're stressed and they're angry at their bodies and they're da, 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 da. And then when you get talking about how it caused that, how you got to that point, how you want to be living, it's like that exterior melts and what's exposed is like this universal truth and this universal desire to connect and do things that matter. And I believe that at the core, everybody wants that. And it's just finding your recipe for remembering that you have that part of yourself, right? That human love connection part of yourself that you actually care about your partner, you care about your family, you care about these things. And it's just like getting a chisel at at that exterior. And I think that happens with our stuff. Like eventually you're going to get to those deeper layers, which I think a lot of people don't want to go to <laughs> necessarily, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's so rewarding. I don't know. It's what have you found in that, in that process? Uh, yeah, I, I have found that it is, uh, it is, it is difficult. Um, but it is rewarding, uh, just the way you said it. I, I, I find that the, the journey to own, uh, fewer things and that the, the minimizing, the, the decluttering, um, does spur up some, some pretty difficult emotions and some pretty difficult realizations, um, some pretty difficult understandings. Like one of the first things that, that people will tell me, um, as they're going through their homes is they just look at all the money that they wasted on the stuff that they don't need. And, um, and it's, it becomes difficult to, to like realize that. And I had the same, like the same realization, not just the, the money that I wasted, but the time that I wasted pursuing all these things and taking care of all these things. Um, you, uh, you learn a lot about yourself in the process and, and not everything is, is pretty to, to figure out. I, I started taking like minivan loads full of things to local charities and, by about the <clears throat> by about the third minivan load full of things, I was like, how did I have this much stuff in my home that I didn't need? Like what was uh, what was the unhealthy motivation that would cause me to buy all this stuff that I didn't need in the first place? And 
Um, I didn't always like what I learned about myself, but, um, mm -hmm. but I thought it was found it was helpful. I think it's um, in a lot of ways it is about um, discovering how unintentionally we live most of our lives. Um, it's about realizing I got I got three van loads of things in my home that I didn't need. Like I I never set out to purposefully own a bunch of stuff that I didn't need. I never set out with intention to just have have a bunch of stuff. Um, and so how did this how did this happen? I never would have said that this was the most important thing about me or that this was what I most wanted to do with my life. And yet somehow we end up living our lives like that. And I think that even that discovery, probably, you know, you see it with the, with the body, right? Like no one, no one wants to have an unhealthy body, and, but you, <laughs> you work with them and you're like, yeah, I guess you're right. I was doing this and I haven't been doing that. And I just kind of unintentionally got into this, sort of, I don't know, is chaos too strong of a word? Maybe, but. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it is chaos. It, I mean, it's, I, I was actually asked to speak to a group of uh, like creators and makers on living with intention. And so I, I touched on it, but one of the bigger pictures is what happens when we're not being intentional. And that's, that's where the mess comes in. Like that's where we all of a sudden find ourselves with a house full of stuff or, you know, not who we are. Like we all of a sudden look in the mirror and be like, who is this person? This isn't who I am. This isn't how I want to live, but somehow I got this way and unraveling that is emotional. <laughs> and we don't, we, like you said, we don't want to admit that we've been living out of alignment with who we are. And um, I love, there was a line in your book that actually really stuck out to me. And it was just like, when emotions come up, go through them, like go towards them instead of backing away or hiding and, and even getting rid of a sentimental item or an item that's no longer us is a tangible way of letting go of emotions instead of just trying to like think your way out of it, which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause people start to shy away when it gets difficult and when it, they get hard and they, they believe assumptions that they're making about themselves. Um, Oh, I can, I can never change. Right. Like that's just who I am. I had, you know, someone told me that one time they're like, I, uh, I just, um, I just, like clothes that's that's who i am um and they had like closets full of clothes and mm -hmm. i'm like you can you can still like clothes without having closets and closets full of them uh first and foremost but second of all like you don't have to be the person who just likes clothes like you don't have to believe that that you know you've you've told yourself that um over and over again, or someone else told you that, and and it became who you who you are. Your your predisposition doesn't have to be uh, doesn't have to be your future, but um, but yeah, and 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 it'll uh, come up. You know, I why is this hard? Why is this so hard for me to get rid of these things? Why is it so hard for me to get rid of this specific collection of items? 
Um, and, and I say don't. When it gets hard, it doesn't mean you stop and you just keep all that stuff, but that's when you really start to, to dive into your heart and your soul and your mind and why is this hard for me to get rid of these things? And are those like are those healthy motivations as to why you're holding on to them, or are they unhealthy motivations as to why you're holding on to them? But without doing some of that um, deep heart searching, um, we, we never even discover one way or the other. What did you find with yourself? Like what kinds of things started to be uncovered or maybe parts of yourself that you'd forgotten that were important? What do you think the, the, the biggest benefit for you has been? Um, I believe I wrote in the, um, I think I wrote in the minimalist home um, that I, for me personally, I didn't find my values changing uh, when I pursued minimalism. I would always say that the three most important things to me were my faith and my family and my friends. Uh, and by friends, I mean um, not just close friends, but impact and opportunity and, um, and significance, making a difference in the world for, for anyone. Um, so faith and family and, and making a difference in the world, like those are the three things that were most important to me. Uh, I knew that. I always would have said that to be true. But I discovered that my energy and my resources and my time were not going towards those things, but they were being hijacked by the pursuit of consumerism and the pursuit of more and more stuff and um, bigger and bigger houses and more and more clothes in my closet. Like this is what I was actually focused on, not the things that I said were most important to me. And so maybe the most important realization was not that any of those three things changed, but when I began, to, when I freed myself from that, from the burden of possessions and consumerism and began directing more money and time and energy and effort towards those things that were most important to me, that I was able to accomplish far more in those areas than I ever thought imaginable. Like I, I mean, I never, I never thought I'd be writing books that people would read. I guess I could write a book, but I don't know if I was going to read it. You know, like I never knew I was going to start a website that would have this many readers and get to be on podcasts like this and uh, get to speak about these things. Like I, um, I, I just never knew how much I, I could be investing into my kid's life. And um, so, and, and even in my faith that uh, the minimalism has, has impacted my faith in ways that, that I never dreamt it would. And so I guess that was maybe the biggest realization of I could, I could do far more in those areas than I ever thought that I would have been able to do. Um, and I didn't realize it until I actually began uh, directing my life towards those things that were most important. Mm -hmm. Can we touch on the topic of faith for just a moment? And because um, that's not really talked about too much or as much, you know, we talk about our relationships with people, but I think faith is an example of your relationship with yourself and how that 
and beyond, obviously. So I guess, could you talk more about um, on that? Because that's really therapeutic. And I think we tend to ignore that part of ourselves a lot and get distracted a lot by that. So yeah, how has it enhanced your faith? Sure. Um, so I come from a Christian faith background. I actually pastored for um, uh, years and years before uh, doing what I'm doing now. Um, so it's always been important to me. Um, I. Uh, it's very funny because I don't know. It's very funny. That's probably not the right word. But <laughs> like the like the Bible talks a lot about like getting rid of your possessions and taking care of the poor and mm -hmm. um, not building bigger barns than you need and selling your possessions and take care of others. Like there's a lot of that in, in the Bible. Um, and yet I, I, I don't know. I always think I read that as like, I don't know, like a, like somehow this would be like this great test of my faith, how faithful I really was or, <laughs> or that, you know, I, I was supposed to be living this really boring life. Um, but I get rewards in the afterlife. Like, th like this was <laughs> how I read all of that stuff. And right. it's very interesting because like almost every respected world religion leader talks about owning less and talks about, you know, not being caught up in worldliness and, and possessions. And so this certainly extends beyond, you know, just my Christian faith. But when I started actually living it out and I started seeing, Hey, owning less doesn't mean a life of, of boredom and barrenness. Uh, it means a, a life of passion and a life of, fulfillment and purpose because I'm actually pursuing things that actually matter. Um, suddenly all those religious teachings, I guess I started to read them all a little bit differently. Um, and it wasn't a, a call to sacrifice my life necessarily, but it was, it was a call to live a, a bigger, more purposeful, uh, more important life, uh, a life that was um, a life that's not just focused on myself and, and building up my own little castle and my own little kingdom, but realizing that, that my life can be lived for bigger things than myself um, and that there's actually far more fulfillment um, in, in living for others than, than there is in, in just living for ourselves, which, which is probably fundamental to um, almost, every, almost every faith. Right? Because isn't that what faith is? Like faith is this understanding that there is something out there bigger, um, bigger than ourselves, at least faith in a deity of some sort, right? That, mm -hmm. that there is something out there um, bigger than, bigger than who we are. And that we, uh, the, the, the bigger things that we live our lives for, um, the, the bigger our lives actually, actually become. Yeah, that's interesting now that you word that about the Bible and, and the wording in there, it's almost viewed as like this sacrifice. Thank you. This is huge sacrifice where you, that you have to put up with so you can get to X, Y, Z. But in reality, it could be that that's actually part of the spiritual fulfillment <laughs> is that you don't have all that access stuff distracting you from 
that spiritual connection and your mission in life. That's really cool. I like that. So the next thing, I guess, I'm sure a lot of people ask you about the kid thing and you actually have a book about decluttering with children. Um, But people hear the word minimalist and they're like, oh, that's just for well-off single people that don't have to worry about a lot. Can you touch on the topic of how it's been for your kids and as a family unit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is true that, uh, that kids make minimalism more difficult. Um, I, I, I think if I was a single person, uh, living with less stuff would be much easier than it is <laughs> right. in a family of four. Um, but, uh, so, so family kids certainly makes minimalism more difficult, but, uh, it makes minimalism more important. Mm. Um, because our kids are watching us, uh, our kids are learning from us. Um, we get upset when they go to Target and want things, and but most of the time they're just learning that lifestyle from us. If we have, you know, far more things in our closets and can't park our cars in the garage, then why do we get upset that our kids want things they don't need when our houses are full of things that uh, that we don't need? So, right. um, so our kids are watching us. Uh, it also um, frees up, uh, you know, just time and and frees up our lives to, uh, to 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 care for our kids better and to become more intentional in our parenting. So, uh, harder but more important. Um, how how does it look? Uh, I some things I suppose to keep in mind. My kids were five and two. Uh, I find that the earlier uh, you adopt these principles in your home. In terms of your children's age, the easier it is. Uh, if your child has grown up in one specific home and in one specific environment for 16 or 17 years, and all of a sudden you're like, we're changing and we're getting rid of everything and we're not buying you stuff anymore, that that's going to be pretty tough for you know someone who's, who's lived that way for 15, 16, 17, 18 years. Uh, but when they're younger, uh, it's a little bit easier. Uh, as the parents, you you always get to set the culture of your home, uh, and you get to set uh, what is important to your family, and and what lessons you you want your kids to learn, and what values are most important to you, and, and how you're going to promote them. Um, so it's it's helpful to keep that in mind. Um, you're dealing with different personalities, right? You have your personality. Uh, you have your your spouse or partner personality, which is different than yours, and then you start adding in kids, and they have different personalities. Uh, kids are growing and changing and getting into new passions and hobbies and different seasons of life, which just necessarily means there's going to be more things uh, coming in. If you may have worn the same um, size shoe for the last. 20 years, but your kids are going to be changing <laughs> size of shoe every, every year. So like, it just means that there's going to be more stuff coming and going. Um, I, uh, I'm uh, in my book, Clutter Free with Kids and in the minimalist home, I, I, I write a lot about physical boundaries. I think physical boundaries are, are helpful for kids uh, in terms of, I, I, I'm not a big fan of just go, go in and get rid of their get rid of their toys when they're asleep or when they're at school. I I think that that is what leads to some um, attachment issues. 
I think instead the, the better process is to empower your children to make decisions about what to keep and what to get rid of. Um, and you can do that by setting physical boundaries. You can keep as many toys as you want that fit against this wall or that fit in this closet or fit in this toy chest. Um, you can keep whatever clothes you want that fit in these three drawers. Like you could, you arts and crafts can fit in this plastic bin. And so you, like you, you set the boundaries for them uh, and then they make decisions about what to keep and what to get rid of uh, inside of those boundaries. So those are some of the, the principles I think are most important. I, I, I tell parents because I believe this to be true that I think it is good for kids to hear no. I, I've never been one who, um, who, who thought that I needed to give my kids everything they wanted. I, I think just the opposite. There are times where I want my child not to get something that they want because that's healthy to learn that you can't get everything you want in life. And all of life is about boundaries. Like we all have space and time and money boundaries. And so what we put into our life uh, is really one of the most important skills that, that we can possibly possibly come up with, right? I mean, it's people who don't have, people who don't learn financial boundaries that, that run into financial issues down the road. If, if you don't realize this is, how much money I have, what am I going to buy that fits within this margin, um, that that's when we start running into uh, issues in adulthood that, that tend to be very difficult. And we keep, you know, digging that hole a little bit deeper until we, until we learn to set them. Mm -hmm. What have you found um, has come as a result of the connection with your kids and your family? Have you found it to be stronger through all this? <clears throat> um, yeah, good question. Um, probably the first thing that pops into my head, uh, two things, um, the, the attention that I have to give to my kids, um, both the, the attention, uh, because I'm, I'm around them. Uh, if, if I don't need so much money to, to pay this great big mortgage, or I'm not constantly desiring the latest and greatest thing to buy, uh, that means I can, I can change my work habits a little bit more. It's not all about making more and more money. Um, and so, and, and just the stuff that I take care of when I am at home and the, the, um, what errands that need to be run or the responsibilities I have at home uh, are far lessened. So I have more time um, and attention that I can give to my kids when they're around. And then also this parenting is hard work. Uh, parenting is not easy. Um, and so it takes intentionality and it takes thoughtfulness and it takes um, being able to observe your kids. Um, there are times when my son was in preschool and I would have to pick him up from preschool and they had like recess just before they got out. And uh, I remember I, like I would go early and just sit in the parking lot because I just wanted to watch Salem and how he interacted with other kids. Like I wanted to notice how how does he do in this situation? What kind of kid is he like on the, on the playground? Um, just taking that 
having that time available and that attention to observe who he is, um, what he does well, you know, what, what kind of things am I noticing that are, that are going to be bad, you know, bad habits or bad character traits, um, and noticing them as much as I possibly can so that I can, so I can parent him, parent him well. Mm-hmm. So you found that you just have the capacity and the availability to be with whatever is and be yeah. what's needed. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm convinced that most people uh, have no idea how much of a burden their possessions have become um, mm-hmm. un- until you begin to remove them uh, and until you begin to, to free up some of that time. And you're like, man, I never knew how much time was wasted in my week and in my year, just a pair of stuff that I didn't need. Yeah. I noticed even in the simplest things, like when I cleaned out my pantry, I didn't realize that I was feeling stressed out every time I opened my pantry until it was clean and clear and with things I actually wanted. And I was like, Mm -hmm. geez, (laughs) I wonder how that's been affecting me on a very micro level, (laughs) but it all matters. So, so you've been doing this a while. Um, Where do you feel like your deepening is now with minimalism? Like you've, you, you've got it down with your things. You've processed a lot of emotions. Like what is that next layer? Hmm. Hmm. Good question. Um, probably the one that I continue to wrestle with the most is in terms of the, the work that I do. Um, uh, the opportunities that I have, like like what is um, what is most important. Um, I, I I just had a friend, I had a friend. Uh, I was talking to him about some of the things that I've been doing and some of the things I've been doing through becoming minimalist, and uh, I've been doing it full time for five and a half years now, and just some of the things I'm getting into. And I had a, a friend tell me. He said, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing that." specific thing you should be doing this instead and I said oh why should I be doing this instead and he said oh you could you can make way more money if you did that rather than this Hmm. and I I said to him uh, I said I have never made a business decision based on what will make me more money I like I, I've never made a life decision based on what would make me more money. Like that's not where my pursuit is. And I, like I caught myself halfway through the sentence. Um, and I said, wait a minute, let me rephrase that. I hope I'm not making any business decisions based on what will make me more money. I hope I'm not making life decisions based on, what will make me more money because I've, I've, I've realized that that, that that's a never ending battle and a, and a never ending struggle. Um, and so I don't know, where am I being challenged? Probably, probably in that, in terms of business and life. And am I doing what, um, am, am I living my life in a way that, that seeks to help people and seeks to serve people, um, as opposed to, am I, my living my life in a way 
um, that just makes as much for me as I possibly can. So keeping, keeping yourself in alignment, I guess, is the continual journey of it all. That would have been a much shorter way for me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I threw you off a little bit, the question. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, that's one thing I think about a lot with actually where I'm at with minimalism is that I cleared all this space and, and then it filled all up again. Um, and with just new opportunities and I got married again and like all this stuff. And it's like, all before I knew it, I had a full house again and it was like, it felt weird, you know, it didn't feel quite right. And so I think that's the beauty of doing all the hard work is you can start to catch yourself when these things come in instead of it becoming again, a, just a mindless way of of going about it. And so um, as we move into springtime and into spring cleaning and everyone decides they want to get rid of everything and <laughs> all this stuff, do you, do you have any advice on, I guess, and I'll say just to read your books because they provide a lot of the nitty gritty stuff for people. But um, like as they begin this journey, but then also on maintaining it and not getting too caught up in like the hullabaloo of just, I just got to get rid of all my stuff because that's not really, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? So I guess main, I'm asking a very long-winded question now, but um, the, the maintenance of it and, and beginning in a way where it can actually become your lifestyle and not just this phase. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think getting rid of everything is great. So I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> certainly getting rid of uh, a lot of stuff is, uh, yeah. Is great. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so some quick thoughts, I suppose. I, uh, I, I find that, you know, a lot of people, when they think about minimizing their stuff, they, they tend to want to, you know, go through the garage or the basement or the attic um, and they want to tackle like these really difficult projects first. And I think that that's probably, uh, probably not the best way to do it, but, but go through, so I, I would say easiest to hardest, the minimalist home takes people through their home, easiest to hardest, uh, most lived in rooms first. So, you know, uh, if your living room is the easiest place to, to minimize, then, then minimize there first, because you'll get to enjoy the benefits of owning less and it'll motivate you to the, the bedroom and the bathroom and the, the clothes closets. And then you get to the garage and the basement and the attic last. Uh, in terms of um, after you've minimized, how do you, you know, how do you stay there? Uh, I think the more you uh, notice the, the, like notice and articulate how owning less is benefiting your life, the, the easier it is to stay there to, I always think is maybe one of the most important things I ever did on, on the blog personally was as I was journaling and, and writing, anytime I noticed something that was better in my life because I owned less stuff, like even if it was one day I, um, I couldn't find an umbrella 
And uh, like, I just sat down and wrote that night, like, you know what, if I owned less stuff, it would be easier for me to find my umbrella. Like, <laughs> like this would be nice if I knew where everything was and I didn't have to spend, you know, minutes or hours looking for something. And so like even the smallest little thing I was journaling and writing and this is a benefit of owning less. And the more I noticed them and saw them, then the more I wanted to remain um, in that way uh, and remain um, living that life. Uh, I, I always encourage people to, um, to, to just dream bigger dreams for your money and, and for your life that, that you can, um, you, you can do more things with your life than, than just buy stuff. And you can do more things with your money than, than buy a bigger screen television or, a, uh, an, another purse. Like you can solve real problems in the world for, for real people. Um, and, and in that you're, um, the impact of your life will will grow and expound uh, exponentially. Um, and then I think just realizing that that minimalism isn't a, a one-time process, um, but uh, but as long as we're like to live is to consume, and so things are still going to come in and and leave your home. Things are still going to get used and and brought out. And so just because you own less stuff doesn't mean that you don't have to still clean up the kitchen and clean up the bedroom. Like you do those things, but they're much easier. Um, and you start to embrace some of those habits. I think um, clutter attracts clutter. And so the, the more you stay on top of it um, and, and just say like, this is my, like, this is my life. I, I clean the kitchen every night before I go to bed because if I don't, then it, things just begin to pile up and, uh, I can see it and, and notice it. But if I do it, if I do it every night, it only takes a few minutes and um, I, I wake up to a, a fresh new kitchen every single morning rather than bringing yesterday's dirty dishes into, uh, <laughs> into tomorrow's morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. The Having that be the, I don't know, I view it, I don't like cleaning, um, but I'm Stop, I've been reframing it in a way that makes it enjoyable and like gives it purpose. Like I consider it part of my self-care practice. And when I don't, I'm stressed out. My husband's stressed out. Like we're just like, it, it, it invites that chaos. And so staying true to the reasons why you're doing it in the first place definitely is key in in maintaining it and you illustrate that so well um in your book but um and then at the end of the book you have um suggestions for maintain maintenance so like daily and weekly and yearly and seasonally things to do which i think is is awesome mm -hmm. good yeah. So any that was my edit that was my editor's idea, by the way. He, he was Oh like, really? Okay. Let's, let's put like uh you keep talking about these habits, but like let's, yeah. let's narrow them down. Like what do you mean? What like what should people try to do every day and what should people try to do weekly and how about mm -hmm. yearly and yeah, I, 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 I can tell you what we do and and um how it's worked for us. And so it, it is helpful. People people love that section. I'm glad you pushed me to do it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and I think that is a good example of just how can you make a great idea or a good intention a tangible tool? And we get stuck in great ideas. We get stuck in having these, what's that quote? The road to hell is paved with good intentions or whatever. Like if we don't do anything to bring it into the world, however that needs to look, and it's going to look differently for everybody, but um, then it, it can remain kind of in the ether. So I think it's everything's in balance. So it's taking, for example, your suggestions and then bringing it to your own life and being like, where can this where can I apply this or where can I tweak it in a way that's going to serve where I'm at? So I think that's great. Um, anything else you would like to offer the people? Um, what you're up to, where they can find you, things you got going on? Uh, sure. Uh, the website is becomingminimalist.com. And so anything and everything that I do uh, tends, to, tends to spring from there. Uh, so they can find out more about me and um, certainly on Facebook and Twitter and, and, uh, and all those places as well. The, uh, the minimalist home is, um, is, is good. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Um, people have found it to be very, very helpful. The, the step-by-step um, offers step-by-step instructions for, or ideas for 18 different unique spaces in your home, everything from <laughs> your living room to garage and um, yard and so it, it covers um, covers laundry room it covers everything I'm, I'm pretty proud of it um, and then I uh, I have a if there's anyone listening who is like they they heard you talk about minimalism they you know wanted to own less and like they just want to do it but they can't seem to make it happen in their life uh, I do a 12-week online course called uncluttered um, my.becomingminimalist.com. And the, the whole point of the course is um, if you want to own less, but you can't quite seem to get there, uh, this is who the course is for. And so you've read all the books and you just need something that a book can't offer uh, accountability, uh, a community, opportunity to ask questions. The, the course has been um, very helpful for people who, who feel stuck and feel like they've read everything but can't quite seem to get there. Um, so we should have, a, should have a new one starting up pretty soon. Yeah, sometime this spring. Yep. Hopefully. Yeah, yep. that's perfect timing. Um, it's great to have that accountability for sure. So, yep. And you have some online publications as well uh, that people can subscribe to. Yes, uh, simplifymagazine.com and uh, simple.money. So two different um, magazines that we do. They're quarterly digital magazines. So they come out four times a year. Uh, each issue, we, we gather a bunch of experts to, to write about a, a specific topic. And then probably the uniquest thing is that we, uniquest, is that a word? Um, sure. The thing about it is uh, <laughs> we sell $20 lifetime subscriptions to the magazine. So because it's digital, it doesn't cost us more to, to print and ship uh, with every single person. So we're, mm-hmm. we're making each issue and we're like, well, a, a thousand people could read it or 10,000 doesn't cost us any different. Um, so we, we try to make the subscription as uh, affordable for people as we possibly could. So that's awesome. Cool. And I will link to all of these things in the show notes so people can 
get access to that, but then also becoming minimalist has all these links as well. So yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, Joshua. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So yes, if you are getting ready to do some major decluttering and simplifying this spring, I highly recommend checking out Joshua's book, The Minimalist Home. It will give you such a great framework to go by and really help with a pretty daunting task. I will be following his guidance as well as I tackled some of my recluttered spaces. And be sure you check out becomingminimalist.com for all of his other resources and goodies. It's a great place to hang out. And if you are looking to revamp and simplify your self-care routines this season, let me remind you to check out my simple self-care masterclass to guide you along. Head to naturallyrandyk.com slash masterclass and enter in podcast friend for $20 off. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Randy Kay, a holistic wellness practitioner and educator. Through my online resources and one-on-one mentoring programs, I teach women holistic ways to tune into their inner wisdom and establish healing seasonal practices so they can know how to heal their own pain and feel healthy and at home from the inside out. And until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey.